Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have John Palumbo, and he is with A&W Restaurants. Welcome, John. Hey, Lee. Thank you so much. Um, well, for the two people out there who aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about A&W Restaurants. Uh, I mean, this is a brand that's been around for probably, a, is it a, uh, over 100 years or it's close to 100 years? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And so, you know, you, you've heard the saying, uh, as old as sliced bread. Well, we may be older, actually. Um, we're over 100 years old, 102 years old now, um, and have reinvented ourselves, um, like most folks do over the course of a decade, let alone, you know, 10 decades. And so we're, we're excited about where we are today. And um, yeah, we are over 100 years old. So can you tell us about the history of the brand? It's like, how did it originate and how did it get to the point where it is today? Yeah, sure, sure. So we um, we started in 1919 and um, it's hard to get those words out, 1919. And um, started out uh, as a uh, as a, a hamburger and, and root beer stand. And uh, after a few years or so, we wound up um, going into the franchising business and ironically, one of the um, our first franchisees, little known fact, was J.W. Marriott. Um, and so uh, once we um, began the franchising uh, of the brand, it just took off uh, from there. And, um, you know, we've been through quite a few different uh, iterations of this brand in terms of geography, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, look and the feel of it, um, in terms of ownership. Um, and, and really all of it has brought us to, to where we are today, Lee. And again, uh, just a, uh, a phenomenal uh, brand, uh, a legacy brand. And uh, we couldn't be more proud of, of, this, of this opportunity where we are. So how does the beverage tie into this? Yeah, so A&W Root Beer is made fresh in our stores um, every day. And so if you come into an A&W, one of our restaurants, you will get a, um, a craft beverage in a um, frosty mug poured out of a tap. Um, that's consistent today as it was many years ago. When you see our um, A&W in the can, so to speak, on the shelves, um, it's just a different product, obviously, because it's not made fresh in store and, and served to you uh, as a customer in a frosty mug. Uh, so that is um, you know, a real big differentiator frankly, um, not just between the A&W uh, canned beverage, uh, but just really the beverage in general that you'll get uh, in, in a restaurant. It's, it's phenomenal, and it's what folks most recognize about us. It's, it's iconic, as is the Frosty Mug, and it's what uh, probably the single most, well, not probably, it is the single most recognizable um, attribute of our brand that folks talk about. And so that's been around since the very beginning? It has, yep. So the which came first, the root beer or the uh, restaurant? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> the chicken or the egg? Um, yeah, so kind of uh, uh, parallel paths, Lee, really. Um, you know, I, I, I guess you could suggest the, the root beer 
Um, however, um, again, they, they sort of came down the same track together, um, neck, neck and neck, so to speak. But certainly the, you know, the uh, delivery of, of the beverage and the menu innovation over, you know, over 100 years has certainly changed. I mean, it's changed over the last five years, you know, but, but what's remained consistent is the um, is our beverage is our A&W root beer made in store. Now, um, as you kind of near your thousandth, I think, franchise location, how has the franchising industry um, changed for you guys? Has it always, uh, you know, I'm sure at the beginning you were partnering with brands like uh, JW Marriott. So, I mean, you must have been thinking big <laughs> from go, you know. Most brands start out with, you know, their cousin two states down. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wish... Um you know, I, I wish I could tell you that we had the roadmap uh, in, in 1919 uh, to where we would be today. And we knew it then, but we didn't. And I think, um, you know, our first franchisee, as I mentioned, uh, Mr. Marriott was, you know, uh, it was just by happenstance, you know. Um, and so we kind of crawled into franchising like a lot of brands do. You know, you start uh, with a great concept and an idea. And next thing you know, um, someone really enjoys what you're doing. Um, and then they want to, they want to do it as well and be their own boss. And, um, next thing you know, um, you know, you have two, three restaurants and then you, then you're franchising. Um, and so truly that, that path is not so unique for us as many others, you know, but, um, but yeah, we definitely have had a few, uh, different roads we've traveled as a, as a, as a brand and as a company, um, and so, uh, you know, where we are today as, uh, we are owned, owned and operated, uh, lead by our franchise partners and that's been for the past 10 years. Um, so it's a very unique ownership structure. Um, not always the case, as you probably know, um, we've started, um, uh, you know, uh, as an independent and went through a couple of, uh, um, different structures. And most recently before we became an independent brand, we were owned by Yum Brands, um, which is where you'll see some of our A&W still co-branded with some of the young, young entities. Um, and then 10 years ago, we've uh, just over 10 years, we, um, our franchise community got together and with our largest international partner and um, bought the brand back. And so when we say uh, uh, we have franchise partners, we really do have franchise partners that have a voice in everything we do. And that's a unique structure. Um, and, and again, a very uh, different path uh, than we were on, uh, you know, over a hundred years ago. So now when you are, uh, that is a unique, um, way to kind of do business. Can you talk about, uh, how practically that works when, when all of the franchisees are the franchise owners is what franchisors, how does that, you know, how do you do your job? Like who's your boss? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, sure. So we have a board, right. Um, and so there's elections and, uh, franchise partners, um, run for elections to have voices and um, and, and a say on the board. Um, and so uh, AW, uh, our restaurant support center, our executive team uh, has um, a seat on the board as well. And it becomes a collaborative uh, effort with voting privileges and, um, you know, and, and really uh, works, uh, works unbelievably well because our, our um, focus every single daily is how do we, um, increase our same store sales in a profitable manner and how do we uh, grow our footprint and add uh, in a responsible growth manner, uh, new A&W restaurants that are profitable. 
And that's our only focus. And um, our franchisees, again, will have a voice in, um, in some of that. And so it's, um, it's been a, a wonderful ride for us. Uh, we couldn't be happier with the structure. In fact, our same store sales are up over 67% over the last 10 years. Uh, so that's pre-COVID and post-COVID, right? So yeah, that, uh, we've been on this. that's amazing. Is that so like if I'm a new franchisee, I am also the franchisor. I'm part of that collaborative group as well. Yeah. And so, um, right. So you have a, a co-op as a cooperative um, and you have a, um, you know, folks, again, get a, a vote in uh, different initiatives um, with the brand. Um, it's not a, uh, a simple uh, process in terms of uh, hiring and, and necessarily hiring and firing on the executive level. Right. But um, but yeah, absolutely. We're going to um, switch out a, a bun or a, we want to change our fry manufacturer. We have our uh, National A&W Franchise Association, our NAFA board, uh, that will have a, a say and uh, a voice in all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, we um, you know, don't typically just make unilateral changes. And um, I'll tell you, 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 you know, in terms of the, um, you know, we have differences and, and there should be some good, healthy debate amongst um, in any work environment. Um, but. Uh, we're really singing from the same songbook, so to speak, because our interests are all aligned. It's not about um, how much uh, top line sales, you know, how fast can we grow top line sales to, uh, so we can uh, generate that royalty revenue for us as a franchisor. It's how fast can we raise our top line profitable sales. And so, um, you know, that, that that's really our focus. It's every day. It's what we do. We live and we breathe it. And um, again, it's, it's a structure that uh, is unique to me. I've been doing this for 20 years and, um, and in the QSR world and, um, and, and I wouldn't change, change it, frankly, the structure we're in here. It's just, it's been phenomenal. Well, it sounds very refreshing. I mean, it, it, like, cause you, you hear sometimes in this industry, there's some adversarial relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee, but if everybody is in the same boat and everybody's winning when everybody's winning, I mean, that's a game changer. It is. It is a game changer. And, um, you know, there's uh, uh, some 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 nuances, of course, to the to the structure. But um, but yeah, 100 percent. I mean, it's uh, it doesn't benefit any of us to just increase top line sales without having our franchisees be profitable. And, and that's intuitively you say, well, sure, of course, John, you know, um, but it's not always the case. And um, we don't. Uh, you know, our, our distribution channel isn't a revenue stream. We don't have rebates that come to us. Um, it's a very different, uh, refreshingly is a good word, um, environment to be a part of. And, and quite frankly, where uh, the brand is growing at, at a rate now um, that we haven't seen. Um, and it's not by, by accident. Uh, but again, we're, we're going uh, tracking the right types of uh, franchise candidates are um, existing franchise owners who have been, you know, in some cases, quite literally four generations um, are growing still. Um, and uh, there's no bigger endorsement for the brand when you have a third or fourth generation franchisee looking to do something new and develop a new restaurant. So now do you think that other QSRs are going to follow this path? I don't know. You know, I, I think it's, um, you know, uh, I, I think it's, it's possible. Sure. Um, I, I don't have the, the pulse of necessarily of some other folks in the industry that we network with um, to say, but I mean, um, 
I could, I, you know, I would imagine it's, it's an option, you know, um, what what's it like? What what's it like when you're talking to a franchisee and you explain this configuration? I mean, if they've been in the business for any length of time, this is kind of it's news to them, right? About how this is operated. Yeah, it's a different kind of deal, right? So it's um, and, and to be clear, it's the um the part the ownership in the um as a franchisee with our company. When we say franchise partners. Um, again, it's, uh, there are some nuances to the agreement, which we won't, you know, necessarily dive into, a, in, in great detail in, in an effort not to bore everybody, <laughs> Lee, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, there is, um, it's a different deal when we see common stock, what, what do you, I don't understand. So I got to sign up for common stock, you know, uh, like, well, yeah, because you have a, an ownership stake, uh, you know, and you have a say and you have a voice, you'll have a, an elected, uh, official who, will vote for your region. We have, um, you know, regional, uh, if you think about it as a, uh, you know, our Congress, uh, U.S. Congress, you have a House of Representatives that represents a district. It's no different. And there's voting privileges and you vote that person in and they vote on behalf of this group of stores for different things. And, and yeah, it's a real collaborative effort and it's um, at not, you know, has not gotten in the way, like even one iota of growth or decision-making. It's an amazing story, and um, it's fascinating to me that you're able to pull this off. Congratulations. Um, so now you mentioned that things are, are going pretty well right now. Like, can you talk about any, uh, like, I, where I guess we're now into the second quarter and coming out of a pandemic, What what's kind of your growth path looking like, uh, you know, as we move forward in this year? Yeah, sure. So we... Um, you know, uh, again, we our, our same store sales continue to climb, and they have again uh, 21 over 20, and then as I mentioned earlier, uh, 67 percent uh, over the last 10 years. But as we come out of Q1, as it relates to new franchise growth, we have um, seven new awards that were issued uh, in Q1 uh, or franchise agreements, and we do call them awards uh, uh, purposely because um, we feel like that's. Um, you know, uh, we, we don't just look to sell something to someone. We want to award a franchise uh, to someone. And, um, and so we, done, we have a Q1, uh, we did seven new awards. And, um, you know, our, our, we have a very humble uh, and very conservative growth um, goals when it comes to new development. Um, and so we're actually ahead of our, our uh, quarterly uh, year-to-date growth. And, um, you know, we anticipate, uh, you know, 20 to 25 new commitments this year and uh, we'll open up over uh you know 10 new restaurants across the country and for us that's a real good pace it's you know hopefully 10 profitable um restaurants that are in the right parts of the country where people want us and um so our pipeline of of, of new openings that are on the horizon and our pipeline for new candidates that want to come into the brand are both very strong um and so we couldn't be really, we couldn't be more uh, excited for where we are right now. And the nice thing is, there's a lot of green grass. So, um, you know, as folks uh, learn more about A&W and uh, it's crazy to say, right, at 100 years old, but there are some some folks that are, are just coming around at second, third generation to A&W. And, um, and we're excited to reintroduce them and their families to our brand again and um, and so that's been, uh, you know, has been wonderful. Our product innovation. So our chicken tenders are, are fresh. Uh, they're not frozen. They're hand breaded to order. 
They're the best in the industry. And I don't say that because I'm, I'm working here talking to you, but I, I will tell you they are the best in the industry. They literally are fresh, hand-breaded and served to you hot out of the fryer. Um, it's a real difference. You know, we're, we're, a, we're a quality proposition. We're not a value proposition for the consumer. And, and that's um, really resonated. Now, has the pandemic changed like the footprint of the store uh, with the delivery, with carryout, with drive-through? Like, or, or is anything changed from that standpoint? Yeah, it's interesting, right? So we um, we've, we uh, certainly engaged all third-party uh, 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 delivery platforms, and we have, you know, as you look back at some of the data, uh, kind of post-pandemic. I say that uh, carefully, post-pandemic, but. Um, you know, we didn't have a huge uh, percentage of, of our sales that were delivery. Um, that said, once we reopened our dining rooms, um, our business uh, came back into the dining rooms uh, almost to, and in some cases, more uh, to a higher level where it was pre-pandemic. And, and a big driver of that, again, Lee, is the uh, Frosty Mug. Every, every patron, every customer, we call them fans of the brand. Uh, come up and they place an order and they get a frosty mug um, where they get to pour their uh, A&W out of a tap that was made that morning. Um, and that's hard to, to, you know, to duplicate out of a drive-through window. So, so to answer your question, our footprint has stayed the same, actually. Um, we're 2,176 square feet. That's our building. We're on about three quarters of an acre of property. Um, we do have a uh, non-traditional pro- platform, so we can go smaller we can go into some malls where uh, have a first a and w going into a walmart location in rock hill south carolina um but for the most part what our brand is a is a, a freestanding drive-through destination uh, for folks to come on in and um try not only our root beer float but our full sweets and treats line and again that's just hard to do outside of a window so we don't um you know expect to uh, shrink down our footprint really anytime soon so um, has the ideal kind of franchisee changed? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, not, not necessarily, really. You know, we um, have always looked for the same uh, type of person, uh, really, and it's that someone who um, has um, some sort of uh, leadership experience. It doesn't have to be food experience. Folks who are open to learning and embracing um, a franchise or franchisee relationship, um, someone looking to be in business, you know, uh, for themselves, not by themselves. Um, all of that remains the same, um, you know, in, in terms of um, the financial um, uh, DNA of our candidates. Uh, that changes a little bit, uh, but then you know, again, it changes really every year, right? With every Fed. Uh, increase or decrease or, um, you know, uh, liquidity injection requirements from the bank, things like that, that kind of bobs and weaves a little bit. But at the end of the day, financing aside, what we're looking for is still that someone who's excited and passionate about the industry and our brand and and someone who wants to learn and and wants to be hands-on. We're not a passive investment uh, for sure. (laughs) So so it has to be someone who uh, really wants to roll up their sleeves and um, come together with a team and and maybe it's not the franchisee who's uh, the day-to-day, but they would have an operator with them who's a day-to-day person. And, um, you know, so that that's kind of what we look for. So I think the profile uh, has really stayed the same. Now, uh, you mentioned the previous partnership with Yum. 
uh, is that person that's buying now, do they have complimentary brands that this is just added to their portfolio or, or are you getting kind of the, the super fan A&W? I'm all in on A&W. Yeah, so we get both really, uh, which is, is great. Um, so we have folks who are multi-unit um, candidates. Um, in fact, we just had a discovery day yesterday uh, with a large group, uh, over 25 restaurants and with a different, different non-competing brand. Um, that is looking to uh, do something on a larger level with A&W in the upper Midwest. Um, and so uh, then we have folks, to, uh, you know, to your point, that's, you know, love the brand. They grew up with the brand and maybe they've done something else in their life and they want to transition now. And they uh, decided A&W was right for them. And, um, and, and then, you know, so they, they, they came in with a one store opportunity and, uh, and that's great too, right? One at a time. And um, so we're open to all types of, of structures in that way, as long as that those basic requirements, again, outside of the financial ability, of course, but, uh, you know, those uh, traits that we talked about previous, you know, the willingness to learn and uh, the ability to get be hands on and uh, work with people and things like that are just super important. Now, are you looking to grow only here in America or is this kind of the world's your oyster at this point? And you just, uh, you know, if somebody has an interest anywhere on the planet, you guys all have conversation. Yeah, so one of our uh, we do have international development, and that's actually a separate arm of uh, A and W. Uh, call it US. Um, so uh, we have over four hundred stores now uh, internationally um, that do uh, do very well, actually. And um, you know, so uh, so I guess the answer is yes. Uh, we are growing internationally, but it isn't through the US arm, uh, and we feel um, interest internationally, and that gets sent over to our US partners. Um, who uh, are one company. It is also one company, but it's just handled separately. And so, yeah. So you're in the U.S., you're looking uh, at, at the entire country? I'm sure we you are. have a presence everywhere right now, right? Or no? Yeah, we do. We have, we have there's, there's about five states or so we're not in yet. Um, however, uh, predominantly in the Southeast, though we do have restaurants scheduled to open in some of them. Um, and so, um, but yeah, and we're, we're more heavily penetrated in the upper Midwest for sure. Um, but yes, we do have a presence in some way, shape or form uh, throughout the U.S., but we have, uh, you know, opportunities to grow our freestanding drive through restaurant, our base platform uh, in every state across the country. And, and what's nice about that, too, is, you know, we uh, one, when we um, separated from Yum Brands and uh, again, now it's just over 10 years, we maintained the um, uh, distribution uh, contact and and so we're we're still part of the RSCS, which is the Restaurant Support um, Center, and, and it's uh, it, it's just been a phenomenal relationship. Uh, it's it's the largest purchasing co-op in the food world, uh, QSR world. And uh, so when we, what what that means to us, Lee, is uh, when we buy our, our ground beef or chicken, we're buying it with the buying power of of the entire Yum system. Um, and so that's a little known fact. But when you talk about food costs and you really get in the in the weeds of it all. Um, that's uh, invaluable to our franchisees' profitability. And so um, it's something we're proud, you know, happy to be still be a part of and maintain that relationship. And, um, you know, it's, uh, again, you couldn't, you couldn't enjoy the buying power of a brand our size without uh, the RSCS. Yeah, it's a little thing that's a big thing. It's a little thing that's a really big thing. And also consistency through the distribution challenges and supply chain, having uh, some folks that are uh, – you know, kind of ahead of the 
ahead of the curve a little bit on some stuff is helpful. Um, not that we haven't had distribution challenges. Everyone has, but we were far less impacted, uh, quite frankly, than some other folks, unfortunately. And I do mean that, unfortunately, even though they're competitors. But um, so there's a huge advantage um, getting product in the door and getting it at the right price uh, for us and for our franchisees is been invaluable with the RSCS. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Yep. So it's uh, awfranchising.com. We'd love to chat with some folks um, or or certainly they can email me at jpalumbo at awrestaurants.com. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you so much. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.